0: to It's Not About the Bunny, a podcast about Twin Peaks. I'm Caroline.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: And today we're going to talk about episodes 14 and 15 of season two. And to start, we're not going to talk about any of the scenes or plots in specific. um, But I do want to talk about the fact that we both thought episode 14 in particular sucked. So (laughs) we want to kind of get to the bottom of where the problems are here, because I think we've definitely mentioned that things have changed since David Lynch and Mark Frost gave up direct control of the show. So we want to talk about, well, what did change and why is it worse?
1: Right. We don't just want to complain. No. Because that's not interesting to listen to.
0: Right. We don't want to just complain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we... What we want to do is use these episodes to explore what makes Twin Peaks great when it is great.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Because that is what's missing here. And it's interesting to me that so many of the plot lines on paper are not Mm -hmm. that dissimilar to the plots in season one in particular. No,
0: I mean, the show was always... At least in part, a soap opera, or a pastiche of a soap opera. If you want to get right. meta-textual about you it,
1: you have the soapy elements. Mm-hmm. You have, um, you have some wacky or zany humor. Yeah. And you have supernatural elements. Yes. So, so what is going wrong here? Mm-hmm. And I think, it, to me, uh, I've grouped it under three categories. Okay. <laughs> There's the aesthetic, the technical. Mm -hmm. and the thematic okay so first off aesthetic okay twin peaks as a show is a meal Mm -hmm. with a certain flavor yes um you know uh not long ago we made a meal Mm -hmm. where one of the ingredients is black garlic yeah and that's garlic that has been uh fermented basically Mm -hmm. so it turns black it looks almost like jelly and it's it's very strange yeah the taste is in the ballpark of soy sauce something like that that's fair and it brought something to that meal Mm -hmm. that is irreplaceable yeah totally unique
0: yes you couldn't get it with regular garlic you couldn't get it with just soy sauce which was the closest thing right it's its own thing
1: yeah and that's why twin peaks is and so I think part of the problem here is the, the writers and directors and performers are kind of losing the flavor of Twin Peaks. Hmm. It's just not quite right. There's soapy elements, but they're just soap. There's yes. wacky humor, but it's just wacky. You know, yeah. There's supernatural elements, but it's not that different from supernatural elements in, I don't know, the X-Files or... Or Buffy the Vampire Slayer,
0: or or even something going further back, a nighttime soap like um, what's the one where they're all vampires? Barnabas Collins is the main one, and it's um, Tim Burton made a movie version of it. Yeah, yes, it's uh, I don't remember the name of it, but sure, that kind of thing,
1: right? Yeah, or the Outer Limits. Yeah, right,
0: the Outer Limits um maybe the twilight zone
1: right you know that, um i mean i know that we'll the stuff regarding the white lodge We'll we'll see more of that mm-hmm. and it will start to um it'll start to, to uh connect with the supernatural elements of the first season and yes. the Bob storyline.
0: Yes, and it will start to connect at least a bit with um, the crime thriller stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think maybe that's part of what's missing to me. Everything is very segmented. None of these yes. storylines seem like they're connected to anything else. That's a which good point. I think even in season one and season two, when things seemed sort of random, they were actually all connected back to this central Mm -hmm. mystery or um, at least thematically connected or emotionally connected.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, you have these seemingly disparate elements, but what part of the flavor of Twin Peaks is that somehow they were all connected Mm -hmm. and often happening at the same time. You could have a really dramatic scene where Cooper's investigating the central mystery of Laura Palmer. Yeah. But it comes to a halt because he can't figure out how to work the, the chair. Yes. You know, so there's kind of wacky humor in the, the drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those sorts of things. And they've lost the ability to, to connect them, to see the drama in the humor, the um, the way that the elements are. One element is another element. Yes. Yeah. Or they and they can't exist apart from each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. And I think when they try to do that, I think a good example is um, a scene later in episode 15 with between Ed and Norma. They're in bed together. It's sort of implied it's the first time they've slept together, mm-hmm. at least in a very long time. And they're starting to make plans about leaving their marriages and their very happy about it, but they're also wistful because mm-hmm. of how much time they've wasted. And it, it's beautifully acted. It, yeah. They have so much chemistry. It's One of really, the better scenes. it's really intimately filmed. Um, it's a lovely scene. And then Nadine shows up and it gets kooky. Right. And it just takes all of the air out of it. And instead of being Twin Peaks-like where all of those different aspects are working together, and so they sort of highlight each other. Mm. They make each element look more dramatic and stark in comparison with its opposite. Yeah, exactly. Instead, you're just watching it and you're thinking, "Okay, go away, Nadine. You just ruined this. (laughs) It's just annoying and jarring rather than interesting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, there's some of it is just not nailing the subtleties. Yes. Um, It almost feels like fan fiction. Mm -hmm. Really, what I kept thinking of was season four of Community, Mm. which was the season after the showrunner was fired. Yeah. And they brought in some very talented people Mm -hmm. who had been successful on other shows. Yeah. Uh, But it seemed like someone doing a poor imitation.
0: Yeah, I think another good comparison here... Um, and I'm not talking in terms of quality because this is actually a show I despise for various reasons, but The West Wing, after Aaron Sorkin left. Mm -hmm. Aaron Sorkin, for better or worse, has a very distinct writing style, um, partly because he repeats himself so much, but you can basically always tell an Aaron Sorkin TV show the sort of um, rapid-fire, hyper-articulate, kind of dumb-person's mammoth. (laughs) <laughs> um, aspect wow. of of his, of his dialogue and Mamet is already a dumb person's Harold Pinter and I hate both of those writers I love Pinter anyway um, after Aaron Sorkin left the show um, other writers took over and in the beginning at least you could tell they were very actively trying mm-hmm. to keep what made the West Wing so special which was Aaron Sorkin's dialogue which really didn't exist anywhere else on TV and um, it was just really strange. And so the show probably improved once they realized, okay, we don't have to do that. We can just right. write these people like normal humans with maybe some jokes. Um, right. we, we don't need to be the dumb person's mammoth. We can just be ER or something.
1: Yeah, I almost feel like if they had just jettisoned the humor and the soapiness and maybe even kept the supernatural elements on the back burner, which they kind of are anyway mm-hmm. at this point and just said, okay, this is just a character focused drama. Sure. And that, that's something that has been lost as well. Mm-hmm. The, the sense of the characters being just who they are. And, yes. Um, I can't think of like a really good example. So much of it is subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the characters are who they are, but what they do feels so much like just, oh, this character has to come in and say this to move this plot line. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the ac- their actions aren't actually coming out of who they are as characters.
0: Yes. I think maybe a, an example of that is, is the storyline with Ben Horn um, going crazy and thinking he's Robert E. Lee. Leading the Confederate army. And so everybody he knows is kind of like joining together to either enable him or jerk him out of it through enabling him. I'm not sure (laughs) Dr. Jacoby's therapeutic process is really uh, solid gold. But um, the show has completely forgotten that Audrey was angry with Ben. Right. Why is she suddenly trying to save his mental and emotional health? yeah where where did all of her anger go where did all of her suspicions of him go there have been little hints of them but mostly she just wants to be a good daughter and work for her dad now and right. all of the tension but because of what he did and what she found out about him that's gone
2: yeah. why
0: why does bobby want to work for ben horn is sort of it was to blackmail him but that's cut that was very quickly forgotten too and now he's also macking on audrey when they had nothing to do with each other before
1: right and mm-hmm. and audrey's interest in him is that they can be business partners right which doesn't make any sense no for why would you their... want to be a business partner with bobby briggs
0: yes one of the dumbest dirtbags in this town god bless him
1: yes um uh, and why is she interested in business at all when right just um I co- was it just wait was it the last episode or it was where... the last
0: one or the one before but we talked about them together where she was so impressed with denise and right the idea of female agents and um yeah solving mysteries and having that career herself yeah. i think that's very character based and believable, right. but that's gone
1: yeah, and I mean, maybe there's some realism in the idea that uh, her anger at her father would sort of, would melt a little bit mm-hmm. when she's faced with the possibility that he will be mentally incapacitated for the rest of his life. And yeah. she just feel, wants him to be better. Right. But I feel like they could have written that, as a, they could have written the duality there.
0: Yeah, and they could have remembered that... Um... There is already somebody in the Horton family who's mentally incapacitated, which is Audrey's brother. And actually we see him. We do see him briefly. Yeah. And how that would have an impact on the decisions that she makes. Right. And how she feels about it.
1: Yes. And I don't know. The Sherilyn Finn does some great acting and is portraying her concern for her father. Mm Mm-hmm. But really, all of these scenes are played as comedy. Yeah. And maybe that's the writers trying to do that duality that Twin Peaks does. Yes. But just doing it poorly. Uh, This brings me to what I call the technical problem, Mm -hmm. which is that it's just technically not as good. That Mm -hmm. is, the writing is not as good. Yeah. The dialogue feels kind of by the book a lot Mm -hmm. of the times, like a little hacky, hacky. It's not... There's usually nothing that sticks out as like MST3K level bad. Sure. It's just by the book. It's yeah. just, it could have been any TV show yeah, from the 90s or, or 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot points, like I said, a lot of times it seems like characters show up just to just to move a, a plot along. Or mm-hmm. um, like when uh, Major Breaks just comes out of nowhere to say... Oh, I'm not working for the Air Force anymore. Yes. Uh, don't forget about the White Lodge. Uh, yeah. Bye. If you I'm, need I'm me,
0: if you need me, look to the skies or I'll be whatever he says. I'll yeah. Be in the shadows. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I was like, "What? That's weird. Why do you say that?" It seems like. And then they, they lampshaded it by yeah. having Harry say, "In the shadows." Why do you say
0: that? Yeah. I don't know writers.
1: Why did he say that? Why did he
0: say it? And it's just, it seems like, yeah, like you were saying, lazy TV writing, because they wanted to basically remind us that Major Briggs still exists and that all of this stuff about the White Lodge, don't forget about it. Just because we're introducing Wyndham Earl now and he's, you know, he's the big bad. Don't forget about this other stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh, did we actually resolve the storyline where Cooper was under investigation? No, okay, let's throw in a line where they say, oh, Denise said that, it's all good. Yeah. Where'd Denise go? This right. is, like, actually just...
0: The the one good new character.
1: She really was propping up the show. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And, But also, like, the events take place so... Like, this, the, this episode follows directly from the last episode, mm-hmm. and Denise just, like, She's hightailed just, it out of there. Yeah,
0: and apparently fixed everything within the space of a couple hours at most right
1: yeah it's just uh technically not as good i think some of the choices i think visually the show remains strong Mm -hmm. um, but some of the less obvious aspects of direction maybe aren't there uh, or maybe this is also part of editing but some of the sound cues are jarring like it's the wrong this is a show that's known for its great music. Yes. And I'm continually in, in this part of the season thinking this this music is bad or annoying yeah. or irritating mm-hmm. or too on the nose. Yes. Sometimes it's the same old music, but they use it in a weird way. Like there's there's a sort of comical comical military music mm-hmm. cue yeah. for the Ben Horn scenes where it's like it's uh, like a snare. Yes. You know, like uh Ken Burns Civil mm-hmm. War or whatever. Like right. um, and it's it's a sort of it's it's meant to be comical and mm-hmm. it plays under it's like a sarcastic uh Civil War signifier yes. under the Ben Horn scenes. Right. Well then they use it when Major Briggs is uh coming into the sheriff station. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a good example.
1: Where and he's like in some kind of mental distress Mm -hmm. this is a character that we like we admire and he's Mm -hmm. in seems like he's in trouble yeah why is this comical music playing
0: Mm -hmm. exactly
1: it's just weird things like that Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah a lot of the music in the um james and evelyn marsh and donna stuff was odd in similar ways like yeah weird opera music in that bar um right it's just Odd.
1: yeah and i think even visually um this episode the first of these two which mm-hmm. is it,
0: what number is this it's 14 and 14 yeah. what's the
1: name of the director
0: um what is the name of the director um yuli edel
1: okay yuli i don't think he did a great job mm-hmm. there's nothing terrible again um but it i don't know I think he directed Body of Evidence starring right, Madonna.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I haven't seen that one.
1: But this one, this episode 14, I, I thought, oh, this is the worst episode of Twin Peaks that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Now, 15 was better.
0: 15 was better.
1: That was directed by Diane Keaton.
0: Yes, and she knows what she's doing. She actually directs for TV relatively often.
1: Yeah, there was a lot in that episode that I liked. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the scene with Ed and uh, Norma, Mm -hmm. where they're in bed. Yeah. And even though, like you said, there's this weird tonal shift. The scene where they're just talking, and it's just this close-up, and the camera moves between them. Yeah, it's really lovely. And actually, I guess it's a wonder, because Mm -hmm. you don't get cuts. The camera just moves from one face to the other. Right. It has this intimate quality. Um, It's maybe an issue... Uh, Again, going back to losing the flavor of Twin Peaks, it's not really very Twin Peaks-y, but it is competent and interesting.
0: Right, and I think what um, the show still has, of course, is the cast, who are, for the most part, strong. And I think when the show, especially in episode 15, when it focuses on these characters' relationships... Um, and the actual human right. emotion within them and does it honestly, then it's, it's still pretty good. I liked all of the scenes with Ed and Norma. I liked the scenes with Norma and Shelley. Right. Because I think that relationship is still really well done. And I think a lot of that is due to Peggy Lipton and Match and Emic being very good together and showing a lot of affection for each other. That was probably very genuine. Yes. Um, uh, yeah.
1: Even in the the ridiculous Evelyn plotline, uh-huh. uh I thought that Donna's emo- her, her Donna's, um, cry- you know, when she cries over James mm-hmm. because she doesn't want him to die. Yeah. Uh, Laura Flynn Boyle really brought it, and yeah, you could really feel the emotion that that character was feeling, and it, mm-hmm. it finally made you feel something about yes about the storyline right um yeah i totally agree that there's still some great acting uh and that when the show is focused on the emotions mm-hmm. that's something david lynch was always good at is remembering the emotions yeah um, yeah focusing on those emotions
0: right and i think that's what is missing it wasn't the surreality of lynch's work and the beginning of twin peaks more broadly it wasn't just incidental it was taking real emotions and a real emotional arc or emotional story and making it literal yes or taking it to such an an extreme that it kind of breaks reality yes and that's what's kind of been lost here is yeah. that it seems to be instead just heightened soap opera emotions happening next to some supernatural stuff, and they don't necessarily have anything to do with each other mm-hmm.
1: um, and the Wyndham Earl right plotline, which we haven't talked about yet, but which is yeah, not which is, you know, just um, Moriarty, basically. Mm,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: It's really kind of hack.
0: Yeah, and he'll Wyndham Earl will connect to some of the supernatural lore stuff, but in a very, I'm not sure how to put it, a very non-magical way. Yes. Um, In that it, it is a very straightforward, well, Wyndham Earl, you know, wants the Chaos Emeralds, or, or not the Chaos <laughs> Emeralds, but like he... <laughs> um he He wants the the ring yeah he wants wants the one ring he wants the thing
1: in the marvel movie
0: Uh uh-huh right uh he he wants that um (laughs) he wants that MacGuffin, and that's that's kind of the thing the supernatural stuff is just a mcguffin now right and before it really wasn't it was a metaphor it was actually very important thematically for what the story was about
1: yeah, and if you need any more evidence that David Lynch is a genius, just uh, fast forward to the season finale mm-hmm. and observe how he takes all of this crap.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. And actually... Makes it meaningful.
1: Right, and that that's where it's, it's, it's so hard to put your finger on where is mm-hmm. it going wrong because David Lynch can actually take a lot of these elements yes. and show you... How they work, yeah, and show and, you and make them meaningful. And
0: a lot of them do show up in both um, Firewalk with V and right. in Return. Yeah, he doesn't it, waste any of this stuff.
1: Yeah, because Wyndam merle in that episode is someone who has already, already almost seems infected by, mm-hmm. even though he's try- he hasn't gotten to the Black Lodge. Yes, he's already sort of a black, uh, a semi Lodge entity because yeah. of his obsession and yes. his evil.
0: Right, and and in this, it's. The explanation is just too pat. He's just, um, well, a, he's a bad guy who went crazy um, and committed a crime. And, or was he al- already oh, crazy? Yeah, but it's...
1: In which case, what? there's no motivation at all.
0: Right. But it's um, it's so specific to Wyndham Earl, whereas Bob and Leland, right. um, their evil deeds felt... Grounded in a view of how the world worked.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thematic mm-hmm. element. Yes. That I was mentioning. Right. And of course, all the three of these kind of overlap. But thematically, th- there's nothing now that is as interesting, as scary, as troubling, mm-hmm. as suspenseful as the story of Laura Palmer. Yes. They haven't found anything to replace that. And part of that is, yeah, the the resonance of that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that it's not just um, another variation on Moriarty or, uh, or a variation on the, the evil psychotic mastermind or all these tropes. Right. It's uh, a story of this girl who seems to have all these dualities within her, mm-hmm. which is how Lynch sees it. Yes but who's also really reacting to abuse which mm-hmm. is a very real problem in the real world yeah and reacting to the society that that will will not save her yes it's just you know more resonant mm-hmm. it's more universal and that doesn't mean it's a story that everyone has gone through obviously I haven't. Yeah. Uh, and Laura was murdered, and no, no one watching Twin Peaks has been murdered. Yes. Uh, by definition. <laughs> by but, definition. Um, it's still uh, uh, vivid enough. Yes. And and ties in with issues of how do you fit in with society? How do mm. you? How should you see your parents and your family member? You know, what just trust the idea that what you trust the most is what you can't trust. Yes. Whether that's your father or your your small town. Yes. You know, that's something that we're all afraid of.
0: Yeah, and I think that storyline, it takes something that is shocking, which is the murder of a very young person in a small town, but something that's shocking, but sadly mundane. It happens every day. And then it expands the world around that event to show you how many complicated things could potentially yeah. be involved in that event and how big the mystery could be and how endless it could be. But then it does what's really smart and it shrinks it back down again. Yeah. And it says, actually, it's something really mundane that happens every yeah, exactly. day. Exactly. People abuse their children every day. Yeah. It happens all the time, all around you. You just ignore it right and it seems like whatever motion is happening in the move from the real to the surreal or magical or complex it's only happening in one direction it's only just adding more balls in the air right rather than keeping a central element of reality and like a core thematic weight to it.
1: Right. Yeah, the White Lodge is just expanding the mythology. Yes. They thought we'll just make keep expanding the mythology, mm-hmm. but it has to come back down to earth.
0: Yeah, and it never does.
1: Right. Yeah, and yeah, nothing, yeah, and they're trying to generate suspense. And they're trying to make us afraid of Wendemere. But nothing he's done mm-hmm. is as frightening as what we've already seen. Yeah, exactly. Anywhere close. Mm-hmm. And that's thematic right that thematically your parent abusing you is a much scarier idea than the 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 old trope of the criminal uh genius um uh and also it's about performance that Mm -hmm. uh ray wise which is just a more dynamic performer yeah um, i
0: mean i've never encountered anything like um wyndham earl but i've known families like the palmer family right not that extreme maybe but similar you know they're all around
1: yeah exactly all right so i think we covered that discussion point yeah i think so now were there any uh details that you you wanted to discuss that we haven't talked about already
0: um specific things about these two episodes you mean Mm -hmm. um i do want to touch on the continuing johnson home drama um just because i do think it is thematically resonant with what we've seen um take place in that house already and what we've talked about which is that it's basically a horror movie set Mm -hmm. um and I think Madgen Amick is really good in her scenes there. You really believe in her yeah. fear. And I think it's really deliberate how it's shot so that once again, and I've mentioned this many times, the Johnson house is at once a prison and a place where everything is on display and precarious. Mm-hmm. Shelley has no privacy, yeah, but also no help you know she keeps screaming for somebody to help her but of course nobody's there she's u- literally using a knife to cut through the walls right because they're made of plastic sheeting and it doesn't work um so everybody can always see what's going on in that house and how dangerous her life is but nobody does anything mm-hmm. there's no there's nobody there to actually make use of what they're seeing or try to help her yeah and i think that's very effectively done i don't think it's a mistake that when we see leo towering over her one of the first weapons he has is of course the bar of soap in the sock which was a very early weapon that he used against her Mm -hmm. um i just think that's all very well done it gets it gets yeah. Dumb. You know, once Leo hooks up with Wyndham Earl uh and becomes like his his bane or
1: whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, right, the dumb bane mm-hmm. from um
0: Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah.
1: Not not the smart question mark bane from the Christopher Nolan. Uh, yeah. Movie. Right. Um yeah. No, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was a scene where I, I did feel like there were stakes because, yes. was, the, in particular, the soap mm-hmm. um, was it's very visceral. Mm-hmm. Like, oh God, no! <laughs>
0: yeah, he'll, because we've seen him do it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Um, I also, I don't know how I feel about where the Ed and norma and nadine stuff is going um because it's stated in these episodes that apparently ed and nadine are still having sex (laughs) Yes. which i don't know how i feel about that i know this is not really on purpose as far as the writers in 1989 and 90 were thinking but can nadine consent to sex she's not well
1: well yes that's a good question Another question is, can Ed uh, uh, refuse consent to Nadine? (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. There's that too. And also just what does Nadine think is happening here? She lives with Ed. Right. She's apparently having sex with him every night. She's also going to high school (laughs) and she thinks her parents are out of town, I guess. It's been some time now. She's pursuing a teenage romance with Mike. Right. What does she think is going on?
1: I don't know. I think that this worked better when they weren't trying to explain it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And we just saw Nadine hanging out with Mike and Uh and wooing him.
0: Right. Uh,
1: Because as soon as you put it under any scrutiny, it falls apart. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no way that anyone involved would let this happen, or and they should not let this happen.
0: No, no, Doctor Jacoby is a bad doctor, and I'm not feeling too great about Doc Hayward either. No,
1: right, because Doc Hayward just says, "Yeah, let this, let it, let her date a high schooler, let her her date a minor back by by bedtime or something." Yeah, and he
0: he refers basically to Nadine as Ed's functional daughter. But, yeah, he's
1: like, oh, I get it, I have a daughter.
0: Yeah, your daughter that you have sex with, that has a really great history in this town. Right. I guess everybody's just forgotten about that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Laura is not mentioned in either of these two episodes, which is new. Um, because she was mentioned, you know, at least once or twice. Yeah. Um, previously, but... um no everybody's kind of moved on Mm -hmm. nobody nobody thinks about the big incest murder scandal yeah
1: or if not laura like uh leland
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Yeah, i mean this is (laughs) this is a small town like (laughs) minor scandals are a big deal in a small town yeah for this sort of thing Uh uh-huh people would be i mean on the one hand maybe you could say it's a small town they're repressing it but not really. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it would be selective. You might not talk about it to everyone, but within with people you feel comfortable, you would never stop talking about it,
0: yeah. And I think it's this is another thing that I think is missed out on. You know, people like the Haywards as we've been told to see them. I think would feel a lot of guilt about the fact yeah. that their daughter's best friend was going through all of this and they had no idea and that they stayed friends with her parents oh and God. didn't do anything to help her. Or and what if something had happened to Donna? What if something had happened to Donna? Um, did Donna know and not tell them? What does that say about their relationship with her? Um, I mean, I'm not a parent yet. We will be in a couple of months, but that's terrifying to me, that idea that something could be happening like that in my kid's life or in the life of a kid my kid is friends with and just not know about it and not be able to do anything to protect those kids. It's, I think the Haywards would really be struggling with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think
0: everybody would be struggling with that. Why is Donna now just going to school and talking to Nadine and Mike at her locker all the time? Right. Why isn't everybody having a nervous breakdown like Ben Horn is?
1: Yeah, but even his nervous breakdown is now no longer tethered to
0: anything. Right, exactly. He just needs to win the Civil War and he'll be fine, apparently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't make a lot of sense. And if they want to pursue the storyline with Nadine and Mike, they Mm -hmm. should just... Just go for it and not try to make it make sense or make it okay. Because Mm -hmm. they're ruining other characters. Yeah. (laughs) They're ruining poor Doc Hayward as a character by Mm -hmm. making him agree to this. Yes. And act like it's a good idea.
0: Yes. There is too much enablement of everybody's bullshit in this town.
1: And also, I feel like in season one the writers knew that doctor jacoby was actually terrible at his job
0: and a sinister character a sinister character yeah and mm-hmm.
1: dale just dis- disliked him and mistrusted mm-hmm. him immediately
0: yeah really important
1: right and now he's like oh you know his methods are crazy but there's method to the madness and mm-hmm. he has actually able to get uh ben out of his his uh psychotic break yeah by by um by enabling him, yeah, by, I guess, by taking it to its ultimate conclusion, past, mm-hmm. and it can't go any further. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I mean, whether that makes sense or not, I don't understand why Dr. Jacoby is presented as someone who can fix problems.
0: Yes, right. And he he kind of serves the same function in the Milford Black Widow storyline
1: well that actually works because it seems like
0: he's just fucking another he patient just, he just had sex with her yeah that, that
1: was the resolution for him mm-hmm. totally that makes sense that he didn't no, do anything I,
0: be- I believe he would do that oh that mm-hmm.
1: that going back to bad writing
0: uh-huh
1: that that was actually yeah it was that stuff and then the stuff with james where i did i was starting to think this is like the room yeah 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 so the 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 scene with lana Uh uh-huh it opens uh or i don't even remember it that well but what it's very confusing that's Mm -hmm. the problem it's like it doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. basically cooper is there and Mm -hmm. dr jacoby says i've investigated this matter and uh, I've determined that there's no curse involved. Yeah, and Cooper is like, "Well, congratulations," mm-hmm. as if this was an official investigation yeah. that there could be yeah. a curse, right? And Dr. Jacoby was in charge of it, and him saying that there's not a curse has some kind of official weight to clear uh, clear Lana of any suspicion.
0: Yeah, to clear her of the crime of witchcraft, and I also
1: guess. this investigation. We didn't even see it, mm-hmm. but it was happening. It's mm-hmm. just terrible writing. Yeah, because we I, w- I, I you know I was asking you, do you know what's going on here?
0: Yeah,
1: like why are the characters saying what they're saying mm-hmm. at a fundamental level? Right. Uh. Yeah, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I don't know how much we want to dwell on that storyline.
0: I think it's really stupid.
1: It did. Uh. Yeah. It's supposed to be funny. That Cooper says, "Well, just let her be in a room with uh, Dwayne, with Dwayne, mm-hmm. you know, for five minutes." I I did laugh at the punchline. Yeah, that was a pretty
0: funny line. It even though well I saw what was coming,
1: mm-hmm. it was they did. Um, they didn't do exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the punchline was going to be we're getting married yeah but because they didn't say that they uh <laughs> we're adopting Dwayne a said, child we've decided to adopt a child yeah <laughs> that did elicit a chuckle
0: yeah that was pretty funny.
1: but anyway it's like we've gotten off point
0: yeah um but that's okay i think that storyline is basically the the one with the milfords and lana and all that stuff it's Going nowhere. I don't really care about it. It's not really connected to everything else. It's just a reason for all of the men in the sheriff's station to act like idiots because Lana Milford has some sort of power. Right,
1: yeah. So their eyes pop out of their heads. Yeah, and their their tongues tongues unroll. And and they have
0: to hit themselves with a big mallet. And all that stuff right.
1: It's just really cartoonish mm-hmm. And obviously it was a storyline that they it seemed like they were setting something up and then they realized, oh God, we don't know what this is. Let's just yeah. get rid of it.
0: yeah. And I think just I mean the actress Robin Lively, I guess, who plays Lana Milford, yeah. she's fine. Right. she's she's a beautiful woman, but it's like it's this thing that I think a lot of TV and film unfortunately falls into out of a um, inability to cast any female part with a woman who's not beautiful. And what that ultimately means is that Twin Peaks is full of incredibly beautiful women. Right. And Lana Milford um is just kind of par for the course when it comes to Twin Peaks women. So why is she the one that everybody is falling all over when right. she's not as beautiful as the woman who runs the diner?
1: Yeah. I mean or why...
0: the woman who inherited the mill from her dead husband
1: yeah like why why isn't everyone acting like that around made shit amic all the time
0: all the time or josie (laughs) or norma or you know or donna like yeah uh
1: yeah well do we want to talk about james and evelyn
0: uh i guess we should
1: here's another example of bad writing Mm -hmm. it's because part of what writers should do is write to the actor. Yes. We've talked about this. Yes. And by now it's obvious that James, whatever his name is. Marshall. Marshall is just not a great actor.
0: Mm -hmm. He's a weaker link in the chain of the show.
1: David Lynch apparently saw something in him. Mm -hmm. And there were scenes in season one where he, he didn't ruin them. No. And he has some kind of guileless quality that works for the character. Right. But now the writers are asking him to emote Mm -hmm. way more than he's ever done. Yeah. And to carry the Mm storyline. And it's just dreadful.
0: Yeah, it really is. It
1: really is like the room. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, there are ways that they could make this work. I mean, I think the line right around, right around, right right around it. Like there's a line um, from one of Laura's tapes that they get from breaking into Jacoby's apartment um, where she says about James, he's sweet, but he's so dumb. Yeah. And I think um, that's a really important line in terms of revealing Laura's feelings about him and about that relationship. and um, I kind of wish they had just made this story about the fact that James is somebody who is very easily taken advantage of, yes. um, by a particular kind of person, and that maybe Laura was the better version of that person, somebody who had a darker edge, but was really needy and could rely on him and how uh, he would do anything for her because of that. No, no, absolutely. And how Evelyn is just a repeat of that. Yeah. Um, but that would involve talking about Lara and they don't want to do that.
1: Well, they did, though. And a I think that that stuff is there. And that's sure. the problem. Is yeah. That I don't think that that storyline is actually, I don't think that it's inherently bad. no. And I was, I, that's what I was saying. sort of, you know, uh, along for the ride mm-hmm. at first, and then it, it, it wraps up obviously in these two episodes. Um, it's just that it's not going to work if the acting isn't there. <sighs> right. Uh, that's that's like I think the biggest problem with those storylines. Right. In fact, I thought that Malcolm turns out to be a pretty scary, sure villain, even though in a way we see so little of him. Yeah. But it's a pretty that performance he has a. Bit of that, uh, the edge mm-hmm. that, that you see in, in good Lynchian villains. Yeah, I agree. He's a genuinely nasty person. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some good acting for Laura Flynn Boyle again.
0: Yeah, I guess I just think it's um, the storyline is very film noir, femme fatale, paint by numbers. Yes. Um, in is. terms of there being a, a dopey guy and a uh, sexy, complicated dangerous woman yes uh that he's drawn to and then the good girl who's trying to bring him back to the light right um you know it's it could be double indemnity it could be body heat like um it could be twin yeah it could be i mean this is this is a story right exactly this this is a story that has been done millions of times and it's been done really well yeah um I don't think Evelyn Marsh has a whole lot of believable edge to her.
1: No, I mean, I think the actor is fine, but it is, yes, by the numbers.
0: Yeah, and I don't think she is somebody capable of the kind of performance of like a Barbara Stanwyck or a Kathleen Turner, where the danger and the vulnerability are coexisting and reinforcing each other and both believable parts of the same person um yeah so it's just it seems like she's faking it some of the time rather than both sides being true
1: yeah uh and i wonder if this uh the problem is that david lynch was also no longer involved in casting Mm. yeah because the casting of the original cast is so strong i agree Except for James Marshall. Uh huh. But um, now, for all the new characters, except for David Duchovny, Mm -hmm. who I think was already established. Yeah. Mm. Mm.
0: No, he showed up post post Big Reveal.
1: No, already established. Already established
0: as an actor. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is before X Files, but.
1: Before X Files, but Mm -hmm. at any rate, um, that was great casting. Yeah. Uh, And maybe that was early enough that Lynch was involved in that. Maybe. But otherwise they just aren't finding actors that can really you just you're what you're getting is a lot of pretty good for early 90s tv acting Hmm. you know yeah it's not bad no except for james marshall (laughs) you know but (laughs) like the actor plays evelyn the actor plays um um Andrew Packard yeah who I guess was like a well-known actor
0: yeah he had done a lot of stuff in, on like the Irish stage Dan O'Hurley, He yeah
1: sometime, sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. it's not that they're bad it's maybe they're not right for the part or mm-hmm. they can't really bring to these underwritten parts the kind of gravitas that you want yeah uh, I don't know but it's just it's not the same level of of acting yeah
0: yeah it's disappointing i mean i I don't know some some stuff is good i think that actors like daniel hurley i think david warner as um eckert he's a really fun actor he was in a lot of like old school like hammer and amicus horror that i really love um and he has like an appropriate menacing quality to him as that kind of person but it the writing isn't there for him to dig into
1: yeah that's the thing is it can be hard to really put your finger on what's going wrong Mm because it's like anything you point to could actually be fine if the other things were working
0: yeah exactly exactly
1: (laughs) uh and vice versa Mm -hmm. so
0: i think that's it
1: uh so that's true Mm -hmm. yeah and they don't know yeah the the unfortunately the writing is the the real weak link i think i think so um and they don't know yeah they're also i think misusing characters because the other example i wanted to bring up was uh they give warren frost this long overwritten monologue yeah and warren frost is really great at projecting fatherly warmth
0: Mm-hmm.
1: he's not great at chewing scenery no it was uh, i mean it was his son that gave him that monologue so yeah. maybe that's
0: <laughs> my dad can do anything yeah <laughs>
1: So maybe that's the problem there, uh-huh. but uh, it it was a bad, bad scene.
0: Yes, and all of the little Nikki stuff is so yeah. stupid. We didn't talk about this in our last episode, um, but it's just it's just wheel spinning. It's just something that's not going anywhere.
1: I mean, it it goes transparently. To, it goes to where it ends. Sure, which is that. It makes both Andy and Dick Tremaine look bad to yeah. Lucy.
0: Yeah, sure, that's fair. And but... I
1: think when they by the time they get there, I'm like, okay, that I'm fine with that landing, where mm-hmm. they land. Yeah, which is that it, it all comes back to well, it, what Lucy says is like neither of you are fit to be a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in a way, it takes the two antagonist and unites them and they're now both like childlike and crying and yeah right right uh i'm sort of fine with that being the the twist Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just a lot of nonsense to get there
0: yes i agree there really isn't much to talk about other than that um what do you think of wyndham earl as a villain we touched on this a little bit not scary not scary at least not yet
1: yeah, and the acting is not there. No. And again, it's not bad. No. It's like good for TV from that time. Yeah, sure. And I want to say for that time because if I said good for TV uh-huh. now that it's, it's not no good sopranos. for it's not good for yeah. TV now. It's but, no Mad Men. Uh, at for that time, I think there were uh, there were probably a lot of shows, you know, that would have acting as good as that mm-hmm. uh, in the '80s. Yeah. Um, and better acting Mm -hmm. Uh, you know nypd blue probably had better acting than that sure he's not really bad and i was trying to think what what actor would be better here for what they're trying to do i was thinking kevin spacey was often in these roles in the 90s it's like the twisted genius criminal guy or psychotic guy Mm -hmm. and he could actually bring a real quality of uncanniness.
0: Yes, he was reptilian.
1: You know, totally he was only acting that way. Yes. He's a great actor. Yeah. He was only pretending to be a psychotic, abusive person. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> he's such a great actor.
0: Yeah, like like you said. Um Yeah, I think the acting's not there, the writing's not there. It's just um it feels too forced. Like, it feels like they've, they've built this guy up so much as this brilliant, cold mastermind. Yeah. But what's he done? He's killed some people. Okay. No, that's bad. Oh, no. But he
1: killed people in a C shape. Okay. Or he killed a vagrant with the maiden name of Yeah, Caroline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not you, the character.
0: Right. The other Caroline. Um, and it's just, it isn't working. It's not working.
1: Yeah, I mean, they want him to be unhinged
0: mm-hmm.
1: This is something that David Lynch can do mm-hmm. Which is having a character that is just um, So out there Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they're trying to make him A, a bit like Frank Booth or something Sure Because he has this sort of like he's, While well, he's like strangling Leo mm-hmm. He's sort of um, Oh, dropped your pen Yeah uh, He's sort of uh, I don't know what is he doing he's just I don't even know how to describe it
2: mm-hmm.
1: he's supposed to not just be cold even yeah. though that's he's also supposed to be cold right he's actually like a little unhinged and he's sort of like playing a flute and... yeah
0: and he's doing all these goofy things i I think maybe part of it is that um we've seen so many things in the interim that have a psychotic killer that's just like that he's uh he's cold and calculating and brilliant and evil but he also does whimsical stuff isn't Mm -hmm. that crazy yeah um and it's not really new or fresh anymore right um but i think you compared him to frank booth i think this storyline is also maybe not Kevin Spacey, but calling out for somebody like Dennis Hopper, who has yeah. a similar sort of dead-eyed right. look to him. Yeah. Um, so even when he's like singing or playing the fool or being silly,
1: or um, um, he's scary. Or Robert Blake.
0: Yeah. Also a murderer.
1: Yeah, a great actor. A great <laughs> great a- at playing murderers. Great
0: actor and murderer.
1: Um, mm-hmm. uh, which is not actually this is not the kind of role he was known for but mm-hmm. he was cast in as an evil presence in lost highway yes and did a fantastic job
0: yeah he's very effective
1: yeah so
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i agree uh, and that there's also the whole chess motif. And, yeah, I'm sorry, it's, chess it's is not such, scary. It's such a cliche. Chess is not scary.
0: Yeah, like well,
1: we're getting these like log um, shots of chess pieces. That, like that's supposed to I'm, be I'm, fair, I'm
0: very sorry. I'm feel like i've been a snob more than once when i said that aaron sorkin was the dumb person's david mamet i feel like chess is like a dumb person's idea of what really brilliant people do all the time
1: right which is not to say that someone like being good at chess isn't hard or yeah sure doesn't take intelligence mm-hmm. it's just that it's the fact that yes and it's such a cliche it's a cliche it's the way that you signify a character is intelligent if you can't actually if the writers aren't actually smart enough to think of something clever for him to do.
0: Yeah, precisely. They're just
1: like, oh, he's, he's good at chess. He, he's
0: good at chess. That's what good people or brilliant are brilliant at. That's how they get their kicks.
1: And no one knows like what that means. So they're not even going to write him like doing a particular chess move or yeah, something. Yeah, right. They just say he's good at chess. Okay? And
0: he's better than Cooper. We know how smart Cooper is.
1: It's a lot of telling and not showing. Yeah, Because exactly. they can't think of anything that that's particularly clever for him to do. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to write, mm-hmm. you know, uh, again, thinking of Kevin Spacey, like uh, the usual suspects, there's a character that does something that's really clever. It's mm-hmm. like by, uh, you know, improvise, not to spoil the usual suspects, but mm-hmm. improvising this whole story to get himself out of a jam. Yeah. Uh, on the spot. Um, that's, that's using elements of reality to create, a fiction mm-hmm. uh it's like okay that's uh and pretending to be like the uh the patsy but he's actually the criminal mastermind right and you're like okay that's you know or kevin space's character in seven like mm-hmm. these are actual like characters who do things that are clever
0: yes yes you, so you believe well sometimes you watch the movie a second time and you see things fall apart but But clever enough yes in the moment yes exactly
1: uh that you go with it Mm -hmm. they're not just telling you this guy's an evil genius
0: yeah we know because he plays chess
1: (laughs) (laughs) right uh yeah
0: i mean it's sort of undercut by the fact that pete is the twin peaks town chess champion and i love pete i i believe pete could be like some sort of savant right but um (laughs) Pete's not a mastermind. No. There are just a couple more things that I do want to talk about. One is, Albert is back. Yay! We love Albert, but it's a very different Albert.
1: Yeah, he's maybe too nice.
0: Yes, he greets Sheriff Truman with a hug, which I simply do not believe.
1: A long hug. Yeah. (laughs) And I do like the idea that these characters will uh, be on a friendlier footing now. Sure after all they've gone through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that,
1: but it's a bit much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't really ring true. I mean, Miguel Ferrer is always fun to see and yes, he's still great, but it's, you just keep thinking what, what happened to Albert? (laughs) Um, I believe he would be a little bit gentler with Truman and not show quite so much contempt for him, but um, suddenly he loves everybody at Twin Peaks as much as Cooper does. Cooper doesn't even hug Truman
1: right and there's a moment where you think he's going to be the old cutting albert yeah he talks about cooper's new fashion
0: yeah his, his, his plaid look
1: outfit mm-hmm. uh and he starts he starts down that road and then immediately pulls it back and it's like yeah. you pull it off
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it's like just let us let's us have a little bit of mean albert mm-hmm. i like the idea that a character can be a little mean and yes you, can, you know
0: yes yes Uh, that's that's
1: his that's his uh flavor like
0: right and i always what is is albert if he's not a little mean i always liked that part of the albert and cooper dynamic that they obviously respect each other so much while having such different approaches to everything yeah um but now albert is just like cooper he's nice to everybody yeah it's weird yep um what else did i want to talk about Josie. Mm-hmm. Josie apparently is the one who shot Cooper way back at the end of season one. Yes. Um, we don't know why. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Although they will kind of get into it later. So.
1: I thought they were never going to reveal that. Yeah. So I was surprised.
0: Yeah, it would be very easy to just forget that it happened.
1: Because there are some mysteries in season one mm-hmm. that are never really explained. Yeah. Like... Way back in, uh, I don't know if it's, I think it's maybe the second episode, uh-huh. where the, uh, you see Leo menacing Bobby, mm-hmm. and there's a third person there.
0: Right. You don't know who the third person is. we never is. really
1: find out who that is.
0: Right. That's true.
1: But uh, yeah, they, they did come back to this and provide an explanation. Uh, it's a bit confusing to me mm-hmm. why did she do that. But yeah. My understanding is that she's going to say why she did it. Yes. Uh, pretty soon. Yes. So we will postpone that. Mhm. We'll we'll dig into that
0: when the time comes. Yeah, I think so. Um but for now is there anything else you wanted to talk about?
1: Um I did want to say that episode 15 was better. I agree. But and part a, part, a big part of it was the direction Mm -hmm. for sure there were a lot of really great moves Mm -hmm. um it's hard for me to really characterize it generally yeah as to why it was it was just she found new angles for the same sets and uh it was just more thoughtful yeah i agree um however there was this slow motion thing that Mm -hmm. she did yes where it was like a kind of herky-jerky slow motion.
0: Yeah, that was weird and unnecessary, I think.
1: Almost with a stop-motion kind of feel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really didn't like it. It, Now, we have been watching the show on a crappy transfer to some pretty old DVDs. Yes. Because it's it's no longer streaming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And these are... You know, I'll, any anyone out there that likes that, you know, is nostalgic for the '90s mm-hmm. or early 2000s, mm-hmm. you, you really got to get these DVDs. Yeah,
0: the Gold Box Collection. The Gold
1: Box Collection, because it's just uh, <laughs> it's just the weird menus that mm-hmm. where you select something and then something happens in the background. Right. Every time you select something. Well, they
0: got to make the DVD worth it with animation or something otherwise people would just buy a vhs
1: right and this also has the log lady intros
0: yeah which are cool
1: and which which look like they've been unearthed from an excavation site
0: (laughs) yes i think at some point we'll have to do an episode just on the log lady intros because some of them are kind of interesting
1: they are and i i wonder i'm sure there's an answer to this but who wrote them they they Mm -hmm. seem like david lynch wrote them Hmm. but i don't know I
0: don't know either.
1: They're pretty out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but my point being that uh, it's possible that this visual effect looked better. Yeah. Uh, in the in the in the airing, and would yeah. look better if we were watching it. And it's also on Hulu. possible
0: that the sound cues that we found really jarring were less so.
1: That's the other thing: is the mixing, sound mixing, is noticeably pretty bad. Where mm-hmm. everything in the background is put up front yes and sometimes it's hard to hear what the characters are saying
0: yeah this is especially noticeable in the scene where um james and evelyn are having like this sort of blow up because he suspects that he's been set up and he you know goes off to like check on his bike or some something what does he think has happened to his bike? <laughs> what does he he's think checking has happened on? To his bike but there's like a football game or something going oh, on in yeah. the background it's so loud I can't imagine that that was in the original area. Yeah, it was just supposed to strange. Well,
1: it, it must have been quieter. It must have been. But even to have it in the background at all, because. it's really weird. They're, they're obviously, through the dialogue and acting, it's trying to be suspenseful noir stuff. Mm-hmm. But you yeah, have this football game yeah. going on in the background that seems like it's supposed to undermine mm-hmm. or undercut the tension. Exactly. Uh, if David Lynch had directed, I would have thought this is. intentional move to sort Mm -hmm. of throw off the tone for sure and i maybe would be willing to see it as meaningful in some way but in that storyline they consistently want it to be as suspenseful as possible they never undercut the suspense Uh and they go back to treating it very seriously yeah so it was just one scene where Mm -hmm. they had a football game in the background yeah completely uh i mean just bonkers
0: yeah very weird anyway
1: what were we talking about the Uh, visual effects visual effects not good
0: not great sound mixing not great but some of that could be the dvd
1: yes Mm -hmm. uh but i think i think that's about it
0: yeah so uh we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the next two episodes but for now we wish you nothing but the very best in all things
1: Find us in the shadows.
0: Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We are expecting to release new episodes of It's Not About the Bunny every two weeks. So if you like what you've heard and you want to keep listening, please subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a nice rating and review. If you don't like what you're hearing, that's cool. But please, please keep it to yourself. Bye. Yes. It's
2: like a solid time. You must think first, right? Before you move. Style is immensely strong and immune to nearly any
3: weapon. When it's properly used. It's almost invincible. I'ma give it to you with no trivia Go like cocaine straight for Bolivia. My hip hop will rock and shout the nation. I like need emancipation. Proclamation with your seed. A boat was land is dead. You might have well run to the wall and bang your head. I'll put the force. horse, my bullshit down, here. i make the devil's power to the caucus mountain. When I'm a sire, I set the microphone on fire. Rap styles bury and carry like Mariah. I'll come from the shallow slump And the Alan funk is coming through with nothing. And the enough guns. if you wanna come sweating. Contested. You got to start swore to the midsection Don't talk the talk If you can't walk the walk Only the need to The outline to talk A man's back Is what the projects make me Rebel to the grain There's no way to barricade me the Steamboat is like a 18-wheeler With the two-driver driving There's no surviving Rough like Timberland Where? Here! Me and the clan And you the land cruisers out there Feast of all the crooks, all the n***** with bad looks. forehead head, brains, roll this hook. You pack home sex, n***** play the match. Black ass, chug dealing stabs with fat stacks. Only been a good thing for a minute though. Cause I got to get my props and win it. Yo, I got beef with commercial ass. I got I got beef with living in a Lexus seat. And, and beef, straight up and down, don't even bother. I got 40 s***** up in here now. You're a f*****, you want me? My clothes are you like me where you at? In the car, in the back. You're a b*****, you're a t***** oh,
2: oh you you the go. Keep tight flow. Back you Can never get you. No, I'm cherry bomb that's warming up a little bit. in is what's happening. Keep the boxes backin and in. the party when I move my body. Gotta get up and be some money. the, the, the when I rock up, up, I'm gonna get up, up, up. your Keep rhymes like Jim Kelly or Alan Kelly. I'm a man. Be the belly rise, coming raw style, hardcore. I'm coming to the hip hop floor, coming to bars, roasting from A to Z. Turned to be a hip hop MP. The law. in order to enter the Wu Tang, you must bring a dirty bastard type me. Represent. This is a Avon, a Shaquon, it's best that dirty old getting low with the slow. Introduce them to Buzz, Buzz. My where you at,
3: in the front, in the back, till the bees on the But My people's are you with me where you at, smoking meth, picking cat on the block with the gas. Speaking of the devil's sight, you know it's the guard, get this right. Make a trite for you, I killed you in a past life. On the mic while you was kicking that fast. No. Yeah, you and they tried to get it, got blasted. Half-mastered ass style, man, rough chest. When I struck, I had on Tim's in the black mask. Remember that shit? I know you don't remember jack. That night, you, I was sitting like a white bat. And then you thought I was broke out, Crazy strapping not after me became lazy. Yo, nobody bugs while I shot slugs. Never shot ducks, I run to a ducks that flip plugs. So grab your eight plus one, start flipping and trippin'. It's a and I'm licking off, son. Hey, woo, hey, woo hey, hey! hey, hey, hey All hey, hey, hey. my signs are legal, and death is a penalty word justifies the homicide when he dies in his own iniquity it's the master of the mantis fracture coming at you we have an A.P.B. on an mc killer it's like the work of a master evidence indicates that his stature merciless like a terrorist hard to capture the flow changes like a chameleon like a friend and stabs you like a dagger this technique attacks the immune system this sounds like a lie paralyzing the victim you scream as it enters your bloodstream You your brain for the pain these thoughts contain moving on with the speed of a centipede and enter in <laughs> content my people's on you with me where you at in the front in the back the bees on attack my people's on you with me where you were Smoking map, hitting cats on the block with the cat <laughs> That's almost The God. The God. The God. The